The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. So, Gary, I got to ask you, my friend. Yes, sir. What to you makes a good villain? What makes a good villain? Good question. Somebody that, uh, anything that you could find, you could see yourself in. There's always two sides of a coin. Yes. So if the good or bad, you know, somebody you could relate to is a little empathetic. You kind of feel sorry for the villain. That's what makes a good villain to me. Very good. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. I was actually hoping you were going to say that. Because I I (laughs) legit feel that's, like, the best villain. Because I don't know if it's because I'm older now that, like, you know, you watch a movie and you're like, hmm, Kingpin has a good point. Or... Thanos should have snapped. <laughs> yeah. or, or even Harvey Dent. What did Harvey Dent say? Like, uh, you'd be the hero long enough to see yourself become the villain? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. It's so easy. No, it's. A, I mean, that's a, just a fantastic quote. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm excited, everybody. Welcome, Gary, to Eat Sleep List. Um, I know. I'm excited. Yay. We, me and Gary have actually never, like, we've never talked face-to-face, I right. don't think. No, we, we haven't. We've seen each other. We did a long-distance one at an ESW show yep. before, uh, a little hello, and uh, but we've never talked, but we've been Facebook friends for, I think, about three, four years now. <laughs> it's like that, been yeah. a long time. It's been a long time. Gary is, dude, you're great. I got to say this first and foremost. I appreciate you. You are the most supportive dude I have ever met in my life. You will share everybody's stuff for no... like. No rhyme or like you, you get nothing, maybe nothing out of it, uh, you know, except maybe a podcast opportunity oh, here. But uh, you share everybody's stuff. You're a great supporter of local oh. like arts, independent like pro wrestling. You're a huge fan of that, and yeah. I, I I do think I gotta commend you for that because it's uh it's really cool to see and know that there's people out there that do care. You, you know what? This all this happened in the past like uh four to three to four to four to five years, give or take. Uh, Asked a simple question to somebody on Facebook to, uh, you know, somebody from the fall. Well, BJ Smith of the fall. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was like, hey, is there any local battle rap? He's like, oh, where have you been? I'm like, what? <laughs> and then um, in, in the midst of knowing that, I started asking people, just asking questions. Like, hey, is there any indie wrestling by us? Oh, where in the hell have you been? I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and, I'm, and I asked my buddy Chad, who I worked with at Verizon forever, and um, he was like, yeah, you didn't know this was here? Like, no, I've lived in Buffalo my whole life. I never knew there was ESW. Oh, dude, this is a plethora. All this stuff. I didn't know all these stars who I like now who have been here before. So it's like I felt I was robbed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's cool. And you're, you're, you're kind of coming around to it in a really good time yeah. for it, too. Now, wrestling is uh, wrestling's pretty fun around here in the western New York area. Definitely. I'm happy to be part of it. There's some days where I get the itch to kind of go back in the ring every now and then, but I'm, I'm happy at the commentator table. No, no. <laughs> so you're looking at sometimes like you know what I could do that like, a little bit better than that guy. <laughs> a little bit. I, I may have said that once or twice. Oh, I yeah. commentary. No big deal. Definitely. No big deal. Uh, so before, as uh, many of the listeners know, you know this is a pretty much a pseudo road trip. Just me and Gary and the open, the open fake road. Yes. Uh, we're on a road trip, but of course I want you guys to get to know Gary a little bit, and this is actually be a learning experience for myself. Right. So, Gary, five things uh, that you would want somebody to know about, or just cool facts, or just something you would want people to know about you. First thing I would say when people know about me is I'm more now than ever. I'm taking my faith seriously. I'm not a Bible thumper or anything like that, but uh, I do understand that there's a higher calling out there. There's a higher power out there. So more now than ever, I'm like, you know, kind of 
not to do things I used to do to be a better person. So that's the first thing I want to say. I'm definitely a follower of Christ. Okay, very good. Um, that's very important to me right now. and um, Especially with these crazy times, man. you got to have something to believe in. Yeah, absolutely. It gives me comfort. It gives me joy. And um, you can still have that faith and still do fun stuff like this. I don't yes. want people to get, get it mixed up or... <laughs> Hey, just because you go to church doesn't mean you can't like you can't do certain things. Yes, you can still do these things. Yes. but um, I just have to prioritize things in life. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, number two, um, I have some unpopular opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't nowadays? So, right? Uh, Who doesn't? No, but I could you no know, my most of my meth reasonings are you know people look at it from a different way. But like you know what, Gary, I see the way you think. Like the whole villain thing, you're the only person I know that agrees with me. Yeah, the empathy and the villain and stuff like that. Um, you know, especially when it comes to like, you know, um, pop culture, I definitely try to see, you know, both sides of the coin and both sides of, you know, the book per se. Right, right. Um, three. It's actually a very important human trait, I think, yeah. too. Like, uh, I think if you can see somebody for what, you know, who, what they are, maybe they're not, you know, they don't fit your line of thinking and, and act. I think you can still like relate to them in a little bit. Right. So I think it's actually a very good human trait. Uh, a lot of people don't really have. Yeah, so um, I think that's why most, most people looked at it, especially with everything going on now, if everybody would just to take a step back and look at it from other people's perspective or shoes, I think the world would be a better place. Oh, so much better. So much better. Um, three, um, more now than ever, I'm supporting local people, local yep. businesses, and more now than ever, that's been my drive. It's, it's fulfilling, number one. And number two, uh, there's plenty of great, talented people out there like yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Um, a lot of people on all the different podcasts. I can't even name, name how many there are lately. And I've been spending like hours just listening to content from people right in the old backyard. So anything I can do to support. No, dude, it's every listen, every share, um, like you, you don't know how long, far that goes for us. Like it's such a good feeling. Every time I see a share and I see your name, yeah. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm worthy. You know, it, <laughs> I feel like Thor picking up Mjolnir. Right. I'm like, I am worthy. You know, it, it, not only is it quality stuff, it's like um, I like to see other people winning. Right. And um, I never know who's going to like it. You know, if I could have one simple share, I could get it around the world, then why not? You right. Know? And a lot of people think like um, I have no ulterior motive. Yeah. But it does give me joy. And um, it's it's funny when you go to certain places, you see certain things, and um, you meet certain people, and they say, hey, you share that video by uh, Matt, or you share that podcast? Yeah. And, you know, and it, it's fulfilling, it's rewarding. And like I said, you know, more now than ever, the local scene is has some amazing content. It does. No, there's a lot Hands of a lot of great people making stuff right now. And I'm, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad people are, like, there's a large group of people yeah. finding their artistic side. Exactly. It's very important to me. And it's something I wish I would have started at a younger age, Absolutely. but I'm glad I found it eventually. <laughs> so. Let me see. So, number five, um, I'm just Easy going, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I like to have fun and spontaneous. Um, I'm, I'm open for anything. Like, and I'm never, would never discredit anybody. Um, right. I'm pretty fairly easy, fair going. Um, it regards a lot of things, whether it's the gaming or, you know, life in general. Um, I just love life, you know, people can know about me. No, just, I could definitely, I can definitely, like, I catch that aura about yeah. you. You're, you're just smiling like 24 yeah. Even if you don't realize it, you <laughs> just look like a happy dude. Yeah. 24-7. Uh, so there, there's five things. Now you have some other, you have some projects yourself that you're trying to work on, right? Yes. Um, currently, I do have a podcast out. Um, it's been a while between episodes, but you know, do it life. You know, being, yeah. Being a parent and being a dad, <laughs> it's tough, dude. It's tough. Uh, husband, all that good stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but people can follow me at um, Husky Heroes Assemble on Spotify and your other favorite podcast forms. 
Um, if you guys want to shoot me an email or give me an idea about topics, huskyhero716 at gmail.com. Okay. Plethora of Facebook groups. Um, I have a page on Facebook, Husky Heroes Assemble. Yep. Um, shout out to Game Heads United, you know, Two Point Conversation, all those fun guys. Follow them as well. Um, look up Husky Hero or I'm in the midst of changing certain names. So either look up Husky Hero 716 or Vitamin G 716. Most likely you'll get a hold of me. Okay. Very good. Oh. So, yeah, go check them out. I'm looking forward to seeing some more content. Definitely. Out of you. And uh, hopefully we can have something arranged here uh, for you to use this facility. So I appreciate that. Of course, dude. Of course. So uh, I think it's about time to get on our little road trip. So as always, let's turn on our little copyright-free, royalty-free music radio. (laughs) Don't want to get sued by nobody. Absolutely. And there we go. Okay. Radio's on. Let's start making a list. Definitely. Gary, you're number 10 live action Marvel villain and we gotta specify it is Marvel obviously we're Absolutely. Marvel guys I like DC I give DC a little love too but I'm more pro Marvel so definitely um, let's hear your number 10 are we doing honorable mentions I'll let you do an honorable mention right. it's a road trip baby right. <laughs> so I have two honorable mentions I have a few more but I narrowed it down to two honorable, okay. honorable mention to Red Skull Captain America you know the first Avenger Hugo Weaving um, oh yeah historically I've always been a Red Skull fan I like his power I like his demeanor Fantastic in the comic books. Yeah. Live action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I can't have money. I see what they try to do with it, but Hugo Weaving, you know, he notoriously hated that role in the shows. Oh, yeah. In, in the movie. Um, but as far as, like, you know, any other adaptation, comic books, the cartoons, even a video game, which I despise because I can't, I can't beat it to this day. Uh, Red Skull is an honorable mention. And also um, Juggernaut. Juggernaut's an honorable mention. He didn't make my list. Which... Was it the 3D Deadpool 2 version? Yes. Or is it... One. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't care for the... Uh, I didn't care yeah. for the X-Men 3 one. That was very disappointing. Exactly. I love Jugs. He, he, he's amazing in all his iterations for the most part. But um, for honorable mention, Deadpool 2, I wish he had more time you know, to film than... You know, yeah. No, I agree. It was a nice surprise. Yeah. I, that was something I didn't expect in that movie. That was something Definitely. that, like... I went for my birthday, whenever like, the last one came out. And, uh, yeah, I went to go see it. I was like... Whoa. Right. <laughs> I was expecting this, and they did it right. Yeah. And my running joke to this day is that Deadpool did X-Men lore better than the X-Men movies did. Facts. Right? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And he looked better, and he just... Yeah. He sounded, like, accurate. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. This is great. I'm glad you brought those animal <laughs> mentions. Those are fantastic. All right. What do you have for your number 10? Number 10, I have um, FBI agent... Ben Poindexter from Daredevil season yes. three. Yes, he's so good. Yeah, both. Yeah, I can definitely attest yeah. to that. Uh, um, he was amazing in it. Um, spoiler alert! You know, he does turn into Bullseye, but it's kind of kind of left it open ended at the end. You know, who knows what's gonna happen? But um, when he had on um, Daredevil's costume and they're fighting, that, that was sick. And that, the little three-way fight. Spoiler alert again! <laughs> uh, in case you guys haven't watched it, I between know. him, Kingpin, and uh, Daredevil. Get right, with exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that three-way fight they had in the last season was amazing. Was yeah, really yeah. The Netflix series have always done such a good job. Uh, I mean, I good as an understatement. Great job of like bringing new light to these characters. Okay. Uh, I've always thought like. Bullseye to me, and there's a couple of characters on here that I'll, I'll mention that are the same way. Bullseye was just like, he's pretty cool, yeah. but he, I don't see him, like if I'm tearing Marvel villains and just in the comics, Bullseye is not at the very oh, top absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's kind of, 
He doesn't really stand out too much. He's like a street level, or yeah. like, or you know, not like uh, not like a big powerful one like some of the other villains we're used to. He's, and like, he's like the jobber of uh, you know, the comics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen some really great storylines with him. Great storylines with him, and uh, no, that was a very good portrayal. I forgot who was the actor. Do you remember? Uh, Wilson Bethel or Stephen Bethel? Steve, okay. Steve, yeah. Okay. No, he did a great... He was really, really well done. And oh, yeah. uh, I definitely want to see more of him. They were reconstructing his body at the his very spine, end. Yeah. And, oh. The adamantium. It's like, oh. <laughs> Here we go. Marvel, don't let us down now. Right. You got. I think uh, the Daredevil show rights are back to them. Like, now or soon? soon? Very soon. Very soon. soon. So I hope they explore that. Very good. My number 10 is another guy. Is Well, he's a character who I wish I would have gotten to see more of. Uh, he debuted in, in Infinity War. Okay. Uh, and he was, probably had the best role, in my opinion, of all of the uh, Black Order. And that would be Ebony, Ebony Maw. Good pick. I liked his voice. He was played by, uh, his voice by Tom Von uh, Lawler. And he was just, like, really good with the mystic arts. Mm-hmm. Like, watching him and uh, Doctor Strange kind of go back and forth was really, really neat. And uh, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. He, he has some interesting magic going on, too. The way he manipulated certain things was uh, definitely different. Well, I was like, okay. Yeah, and it's like, it was just so natural. And the, his, like, poise, the way his, oh, yeah. they, they displayed his poise, uh, very confident in his abilities and, and everything. It just it worked very well. And it, he's a character that, I, like I said, mm-hmm. wish we get more to see more. We probably won't in live action. Uh, but I really enjoyed Ebony Maw. That was a nice surprise. Out of all, out of all the, you know, Corvus Glade, uh, Proxima Midnight, Proxima Midnight, and the big dude, uh, uh, drawn a blank. Yeah. But he stood out the most. Right. And you could see he got a little bit more screen time in Endgame, too. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit more screen time in Endgame. He was just. Yeah, I didn't like the way he went out too as well. I thought he could have went out a little bit better, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool abilities though. Like it was. He, he's somebody who I would actually like to see uh, return. Well, he won't be returning, but like if you had like a Doctor Strange movie and he was the main villain, I would okay. be all about it. Definitely. I would be all about it. But uh, very good. Let's move on to our number nine. Now, did you have any honorable mentions? I didn't mean to leave you off. I did not. No, okay, no. Okay. All right. No. But I'm, I'm more than okay with additionals. <laughs> I'm more than okay with additionals. So, no, you're fine. Okay. So, my number nine, I had um, Vulture and. Um, by Adrian Toomes of Spider-Man Homecoming Excellent. with Michael Keaton. Excellent. I just saw that for the first time this year, believe it or Did not. you really? Yeah, I just missed it. I just didn't catch it until my cousins. Uh, shout out to the Pop Stew podcast. They are the ones talking about it. I'm like, okay. Uh, are you related to? My cousins, yeah. Oh, you're co- really? Yeah. Which one? Aaron? Both. Or- oh, really? <laughs> they're going to be a part of our podcon this year. And I'm really, yeah. really excited because they're, they're both good. I never met them in person, yeah. but they're both really good dudes. So Yeah, family of mine, but... Uh, they were the ones saying, oh, Gary, you have to watch it. And I'm like, all right. So Michael Keaton's character was nice. I mean, he was. It was a nice touch. Yeah. It was a really nice touch. I thought they did a good portrayal of Vulture. Yeah, me too. Very good portrayal. Because, again, like when the. And I don't want to, like, get it to it. Because I have another character who I feel like this. But it's like, <laughs> when the Spider-Man cartoons to come on and Vulture would buy on, I'd be like. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he just was never this like this hugely interesting character yeah. for me. And Michael Keaton killed it. It was such a great perspective, great storyline yeah. behind it all, great reasoning. You almost sympathized when uh, right. again going to the, the sympathy factor. You sympathized with him once uh, Iron Man took that work, right? They just, they stole the work from him, Absolutely. And, and he had to do what he had to do. It was you know it was he had to pay the bills. <laughs> 
and uh, he's almost like an anti-hero. So on one end, you get it, especially if you're blue-collar working, you know, and it's like, you know what, you want to provide for your family. You want to, you know, make sure you have the good things in life. So I could be mad at him. No. But in, in regards to animated series, that's the only vulture who I actually really, you know, care for, per se. I didn't like it in the Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, comics and characters. Oh, yeah. I didn't care for that. And um, growing up, I always said, if I were to do a live-action Spider-Man with Vulture, I was going to have um, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> but the, I could picture him in the skinny, you know, the green costume, he the old school costume. He does look like the comic version. <laughs> that dude's, like, more perfect than he realizes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I always said that, but, like, Michael Caine played it good. So. No, that's a, dude, that's a great one. That is a great one. Uh, my number nine. I'm going to go, he's not like a... He's a douche. <laughs> He's a douche. She's a villain. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross, I'm going to go in this one. Okay? okay, Played by William Hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's like that guy that you just want to see get knocked out. <laughs> like, you know, like the whole build up to the to the end of Endgame. Yeah. Right? You want to see Thanos get beat up. Like, I feel like you could do a whole saga of just building up to watch, wanting to get Thunderbolt Ross knocked out. Uh, <laughs> but he's been, like, he's been consistent. You know, it, it was really cool when they brought him back for Civil War. I agree. And it was a really, really nice touch. Uh, but Thunderbolt Ross, he's, his character in general has always been, it's always been, like, weird. Like, he thinks he's on the side of morality. Um, but he's really not. He's, he does not have, like, people's best interests in mind. I think he takes things too personal too. Like, like it's a direct attack on him per se. Yeah. And that's what his motivations are. Okay, I have to get them because they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he never seems to change either. Like, it's just, it's just behavior just does not change. And yeah, I, I, I think Thunderbolt Ross is great. I do <laughs> want to see Red Hulk at some point. I think it would be a huge letdown if they don't go that route. Right. Uh, maybe we see. Uh, maybe we see it. I don't know what what direction the She Hulk show is gonna go, but. I need to see some Red Hulk. It can't just be William Hurt, just Thunderbolt Ross. I mean, it, I need more. Right. And that's the reason why I thought about him too as well, but I'm like, I don't, I don't care to see him. If you're not gonna, if he's not going to be Red Hulk at some point in time, I don't need to see him on screen. Right. There's no point in building <laughs> right. him up right that. No, that's that's a fair point. Uh, but no, I, I just, I, I've liked his interconnectivity. I've, I've liked that they've brought him back in some recent... Definitely. Uh, you know, it, I, I, actually, the the, uh, the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton Hulk, I thought he played a really good role. You know, when he's just like, uh, you know, going forth creating an abomination yeah. pretty much. And then when he when he gave, like, Bruce the thumbs up, all right, go ahead. You got to do what you got to do go, to go beat up Blonsky, you know, abomination. And uh, it was interesting. I it was so wild. Over, I think underrated. Underrated, I was going to say. It, it is. It's a little underrated. I enjoy that. I, I enjoy it a lot, too. I watch it frequently. Everyone's like, oh, this is trash. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is so good. I love Tyler. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Smoking. Mm-mm-mm. All right. <laughs> Next one. Where are we at? Number eight? Uh, yep, number eight. All right, your turn. I have Mysterio, Quentin Beck. Spider-Man. Are you serious? Yep. I have him at number eight, too. <laughs> Great minds think alike. My oh, man. Was that? Oh, yeah. My man. Yeah. And I just saw that movie for the first time, like, a couple months ago, too, as well. Okay. And um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think he knocked it out the park. He was he different. I'm killed like, it. And um, and at times, I was confused. I'm like, okay, I didn't know where the movie was going at times, in, in a good way. Yeah. Um, as far as um, Mysterio, I always liked him in the comics. Um, but just bringing that to life, and um, it was definitely amazing to see. I didn't think they could pull it off, but they did. He was the one I was referring to with the vulture. <laughs> he was the one because he's another like you fight you, like uh, 
Yeah, just so, his, his character, his shtick was kind of like... In the, in the comics to me, it wasn't very... I'm more... I'm a Venom dude. Okay. I'm Venom. I'm kind of like symbiote. I'm like these big, powerful guys. And Mysterio is like this optical illusionist. Yeah. And But they, the way they did it was masterful. He wasn't like actually in the suit. Just the, the, the whole illusion thing right. was so good. And it made Quentin Beck like... You were... You were inter- you were invested. Jake Gyllenhaal did such a good job, Definitely. and you were just waiting for something to happen. You knew, like everybody's seen the trailer where Mysterio was playing this good guy, and, right. but you're like, I know. And then as soon as it happened, when they were at the bar, when Peter oh, gave him the glasses, and you see the, the the background flicker, you're like, oh shoot, there it is. I seen that movie three times in theaters. I that's the my opinion, one of the best Spider-Man movies of all time. I, I agree. One of the best, even solo. Superhero. I, I would put it as a top ten superhero movie of all time. Mm, okay. I really would. I thought it was it was so much fun, and yeah. It, and like you said, you pick up on certain things you didn't know, and you go rewatch the movie, and you see though you catch those things that you didn't right. catch before. And I think that's a really it's a really cool trait. But that's a good number eight. Uh, that's yeah. a good number eight. He looked cool <laughs> too. He looked he yeah. looked really cool too. And that ending, the the mid credit scene. Yeah. I started freaking out when they were like, Spider-Man's not returning to the MCU. I'm like, no! <laughs> you can't do this! <laughs> you can't do this to me! Uh, and then, you know, everything's wild, but I'm like, that is... Real. That's real. And that's, like, legit. So, right. no, I had to include him in this list. I'm getting great yeah, minds no. Hopefully, like, uh, is Sony still doing a Sinister Six movie? I don't know if there's any talks about it, to be honest with you. I, I, it's been a long time since okay. I've heard something. I hope Sony yeah. goes through with it, because I, I think that's why they're bringing Morbius to the fold, because they want to they want to kind of include him somehow. So I hope they do. I really hope they do. I, we need to see more villain take movies. And, and I hope they can fit Jake Gyllenhaal in there. Imagine that, him fighting against, like, um, you know, Vulture, all the while there's, like, this... Um, all the effects and effects and stuff going on. Oh, that'd be visually stunning. I, oh man, I'm I'm moist just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm a little moist just thinking about it. No, it's uh, no be a lot of ideas. I, like I don't think he's actually like dead. No, he's no. one of the few guys I don't think he's dead. No, so. Of course not. Um, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven, my friend. Magneto X Men. Sir Ian McKellen, though. You got the Ian McKellen version. Okay. Ian, Ian McKellen. His poise, um, he's a great actor, his poise, you know, his stature. He looked like, like, big, yeah. You know, yeah. And um, just his, the dialogue, his dialogue was well written, especially between him and Charles. And like, you really get fights with friends over that. You know, are you on Charles' side or Magneto's side, you know? <laughs> it, it blurred the line. <laughs> it, no, it most certainly did. He, yeah, he's very well-spoken. Yeah. McCown, we all know, he's very well-spoken. Right. Uh, just about anything that man touches, he's very well-spoken. And that's, but that's how Magneto was portrayed in the comics and mm-hmm. the old cartoon oh yeah he could have these like awesome dialogues and you're just like i see what he's going for oh yeah i can definitely see what he's going for so uh yeah no i think that's it's mm-hmm. a great one I, I wanted to see more part of the i love x-men like growing up the x-men animated oh, series yeah. was everything to me Hands down. but there was too like for me there was there's too much magneto throughout the entire x-men series like i feel like oh, you yeah. needed yeah you know, like like imagine like the Thor movies and Loki's like the main villain in every single oh, one yeah, of them. I can see that. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be, that would be frustrating. And if, if like for Magneto, I feel like he could have pulled him back, 
give us a little bit more apocalypse, a little Omega Red, and then his appearances become more meaningful. But oh, Omega Red, I would kill for an Omega Red. There's rumors about him being in uh, Black Widow. Mm. There's rumors about him being in there somehow. So I hope they uh, that'd be a cool way to start kind of bring that universe to absolutely to life. But uh, no, that's excellent, excellent. My number seven is uh, Hella. Okay. Kate Blanchett. I don't think she's dead either. I don't know. No, I, I don't, I don't think, think she's, she's not either. really not supposed to die. Right. It was cool to see a very strong, uh, and usually like I'm not for like things that feel forced, but it was good to see like a strong female lead, like okay. villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and she was she was badass. <laughs> like she yeah, was she was she was really really cool. Uh, watching her the you know Thor versus her fight was like. It was really well done. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really well done. And just so powerful. She's like, you know, when, when uh, the Asgardian started to kind of rebel against her, she's just like, ugh. <laughs> Good night. <Right. laughs> that's really that's really what it was. So, uh, yeah, Hela was, Hela was awesome. That whole, like, Ragnarok, I think she was the perfect fit for that, to be that villain. Ragnarok's another one that I, I love. I've seen it twice. I need, I need to watch it again. Um... Something about it just—I didn't care for the the Hulk parts in it. Oh no! Because to me, that's too much on World War Hulk territory. That to me, I'm like, you know, you can't flirt with that and not yeah, give me give me what I want. Thing, right, right, right. So I'm like, eh. But I love Surtur. I love how Surtur looked in it. Yeah, he yeah. was pretty cool. He was a nice touch. A little goofy at first, but then you know when he comes back, it was a nice touch. But. I was legit surprised when Ragnarok came out. Yeah, it, it it blew me away the direction that Thor went from Thor Dark World, Age of Ultron, to this. It was it, it like felt like a breath of yeah. fresh air to see Thor. So I got like when Thor and they announced Thor four Love and Thunder, I was like, yes. <laughs> Do you think Jane Foster will be for Thor? You think they're gonna pass the torch to her? Uh, I th- I think that seems to be what the route they're going for. I think they're gonna try that some way. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think Natalie Portman's like back for. Yeah. She signed like a contract or something for some more appearances. So they kissed and made up and uh, yeah. made her happy. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. I came crawling back. Came crawling <laughs> back to the MCU. But uh, yeah, Hala, so good. Definitely another character right. I, I would like to explore more. Uh, and it was cool to kind of see like through her eyes the history of Asgard. True. Because that's something I never like personally got to as far as reading comic okay. books. You got to see this darker version of Odin and, and darker history. And you notice, too, like I noticed this, when they, they panned and they showed Asgard, it wasn't so bright and shiny like no. it was in the first movie. It kept getting darker yeah. and darker and darker. And then Hela comes and it's just like overcast. There's no sun. And just it's not as beautiful as it once was. So uh, I, I thought she was the perfect character for this movie. And that scene, it's definitely some foreshadowing shadowing going on, I think, with future events and stuff like that as well. Oh, how, yeah. How, you know, it's, like you said, it's all bright and it got darker. So I think it was like, you know, another Ragnarok per se. Like, it's going to time for it to re- get reborn. So. No, without a doubt. So, no, that was that was a wonderful treat. All right. Moving on to number six. This is probably my favorite pick of all the picks. Couldn't put it up there to number one because there's ones that are better, but... Shadow King from Legion. Oh. Um, oh, that's a good one. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza's version of Shadow Man, when she was Lenny, I forgot the last name, B. I would say Lenny B. But um, her in Legion season one. Aubrey Plaza is amazing. She's beautiful. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. when she 
when they show what the Shadow Man, Shadow King looked like, it's creepy. Very, very disturbing looking character. Very, and, yeah, he's um, always been like comics historically mm-hmm. just very, like, ugh, you know, yeah. <laughs> sketched out. Um, and at times, like, that movie is so trippy, but so good at the same time that uh, I didn't know if that was one of, you know, Legion's personalities or if that was a Shadow King he was talking to at times. Yeah. Um, seamless and um, the Shadow King is very powerful it's one of the I think, top 10 or at least top 15 strongest entities in Marvel of all time yeah I think one of Charles Xavier's like early storylines like as went before he started the X-Men I think it had to do with him and the yep. Shadow King uh, they went back and forth quite a bit so uh, I mean that's that's really cool to see in live action historically yeah. I haven't read any books with the Shadow King but I've always known of Shadow King so do you remember that X-Men animated series when when they how Xavier found Storm oh yeah they, they showed it briefly that's the reason why she had the claustrophobia because claustrophobia that's right she, the Shadow King was in there that's right and I, I forgot, forgot the time. that yeah. I for, completely forgot about that that's a good one I didn't get super into Legion uh, episodes here and there yeah. but that's I mean now that I hear that I'm like okay I'm gonna have to go go find I it I haven't seen the third season I'm thinking quarter I started, I started season two but I didn't finish it but definitely the first season definitely a must watch it's really good mm-hmm. okay I will take your word for it I almost All feel right. like a bad comic book uh, fan no <laughs> <laughs> this, is why you, this is why you brought me that's you right see what I had? that's that's exactly that's right I'm glad we don't have like mirroring lists completely uh. no it's a nice touch <laughs> uh, my number six I'm gonna go Killmonger Killmonger here with uh, Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. okay what a perfect villain for the first black you know the first Black Panther movie mirrored him in in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, but he had a fantastic backstory. Yeah, like they did a really good job of illustrating uh, Killmonger in this book. Like just resourceful, uh, just how resourceful he turned out. Ulysses Claw, definitely the first chance he got. As soon as he found out where Wakanda was, he's like goodbye. Right You've outgrown your usefulness, <laughs> and he was great. I mean, he took he, he you know. Battle. I mean, he beat up <laughs> Black Panther, no problem. He Easy. beat him up. He beat, he whooped him up, and he took over for a little bit, and you know, just started running, running things with his iron, like iron fist. Yeah. And oh yeah, it was it was great. I couldn't imagine any other. I actually thought Claw was gonna get a bigger role within Black Panther. Me too. But at the same time, with him guiding Killmonger to you know to where he eventually would be, I was like. Oh, Okay. Yeah, Claw's role is appropriate. He's been more of a Fantastic Four villain. Yeah. And, um, I would love to see that version of Claw in a Fantastic Four film, but of course, like you know, he's <laughs> he might be he might they might be able to like because he's actually like made of sound in the comics, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Like he because he's actually not like a physical form. Yeah. So there's a possibility that could be explored at some point. I hope so. I don't know if the MCU is will be doing that, right. but uh, I really think that they would do wonders. I think that it would be a good route for the character to kind of bring him back as like comic book version because Andy Zirkus he was great too he has, he has some personality as Claw in the comics and the cartoons he just like some just yeah but he has some personality to him that's why I is there like him. I mean Circus like, there's like he can't do anything wrong like everything's like perfect right like, I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen Circus in a, in a in a bad role and him playing Claw was was uh it was a very nice treat very nice treat but um, yeah Killmonger number six for myself right and here we go drum roll number top five, five. Oh. top five Took me a couple days to get this down, but my top five is set at oh. where it is. All right. Five, I'm going Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, voiced voice. by James Spader. That voice. Oh, just, I could rewatch that alone and just listen, mute everybody else, but when Ultron talks, I have to listen to him. 
Yeah. He has some amazing like dialogue. He has some amazing lines and um, his stature. And it was great, especially the first time they meet him, where they're in like you know the Avengers Mansion, and he's just like walking to them all the limping machine. Yep, yep. Oh, that was beautiful. And Ultron's probably my top three of most favorite Marvel villains of all time from the comics. Any iteration, I love Ultron. Yeah, he's cool. I used to have his action figure way back, mm-hmm. in, like when I was a kid. I used to have an Ultron action figure. Uh, yeah, it, there, he was a character where I I wish there was more too. I thought he was a I mean, I thought he was a great villain. Re- regardless, I-, I would have liked to see more. And th- yeah. I think there is a like a, a a chance. The way I think they left like an open ending where mm-hmm. you could kind of bring him back. He was actually rumored to be the villain in Ant Man Two, uh, even though that didn't come to right. fruition. But uh, yeah, there, there was he had it was pretty spectacular the way he just his vision. He was literally just this, you know. Iron Man's vision, Tony Stark's vision uh, of to a T, to a T, just a, a, with a darker twist on yep. it, of course. And I thought he did, uh, yeah, they, they portrayed him pretty well. They portrayed him pretty well. I do want to see more. Uh, but again, just like uh, just like with Hela, with Ragnarok and yep. stuff, he was a good prelude to what was to come forward Absolutely. with Infinity War and, and everything going forward. And then um, I like the dialogue between all the Avengers. Who's to blame? They're blaming Tony. Tony's like, you know, what, what do you want me to do? Like, He, he split them up. He, right. he legit put them on the path of Civil War. Civil War, yep. He put them right on the path. And, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was cool. And he, mm-hmm. he got to introduce the twins and yep. and everything. Like, it was... It was a really good storyline. It was it was it was pretty perfect, awesome. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Great number five. Uh, my number five. I'm going Magneto as well, but I'm going to go Michael Fassbender. Okay. Honestly, if I had honorable mention, Ian McKellen yeah. would be it would be it. But I liked Fassbender's. I feel like we got to see a more actiony side. True. With Fassbender, uh, and while he didn't like look perfectly like the part, you know, when it comes to Magneto, you. you you imagine the silver the, the hair. Silver hair. Uh, I thought Fast Banner did a good job, and I liked how he teetered a little bit in the first movie in First Class, mm-hmm. and he kind of teetered in some of the other movies too right. as well. Uh, but I, I really liked uh, how he ended up being. You know, his this kind of story. He went and created his own. I mean, this uh, the last one, oh, Dark uh, Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. That's what it was. Uh, thank you. And like he created his own island. He didn't want to be back involved, mm-hmm. but then he got involved and. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't hate personally if Fastbender reprised Magneto in a new I'd MCU. Be okay with that. I would be okay with that. I would. Uh, but yeah, I I, I I I did enjoy Fastbender. It was a it was a surprise, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a really nice touch. And Magneto's got so much to offer oh, all I, the comic books. And um, in Dark Phoenix, um, we had his own island. All I'm thinking of, oh, that's like Asteroid M almost. Yeah, like, he's creating his own thing and. But that train scene was crazy. He had the guns on. Um, yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie. I, I actually, I didn't hate Dark Phoenix as much as everyone else did. Same here. I seen it. I seen that movie twice. I thought it was a lot more action oriented. Of course, there's always some. There's always going to be some plot issues. Right. It's a Fox X Men movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I really, really, I, I did enjoy. Uh, I think that train scene was awesome. I it agree. Was awesome. And for me, that was the saving grace of the film. Even though anything with Phoenix is not bad, but. Uh, to me, it seemed like it was too much of like another movie. To me, it seemed like it was half like you know they kind of like it was like a, a different X Men film, and they just like dele- added deleted scenes to it. Right. 
Yeah, there was some stuff. It's like it's a whole scene with Gene in the house. I'm like, didn't we see this before? Like, what am I, like, what am I watching? Like, this looks familiar. Yeah, they've redid it like three or four times in the in the, right. in the whole thing. Uh, very good, very good. So that's your number four. My number four. Oh, so that, that was. Oh no, wait, no, was it five? Yep. It was your. So I'm going on four now. You're going on four. That's right. I was I was talking about my Magneto. My fault. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm I'm food. I'm in a food coma. You're number four. My apologies. Killmonger. Like, there it is. Perfect. Um, you know, initially I wasn't happy when they said Killmonger was going to be the villain for the first one. Right. Second, Black Panther two. I was excited. You know, I was at okay, but um, I prefer to have Manate. You know, Mbaku. Oh yeah. Just like you know, just somehow. It was a cool little twist that they had with yeah. him too. But yeah, no, I I, uh, I preferred him, but um. Michael B. Jordan, uh, just his his poise, and he tugged at your emotional strings. Like you really had to sit there and you're like, you know what? Um, like wow, like you know, you you couldn't help to not hate the guy, you know, to an extent for the most part. And um, just the whole scenes with his dad and he had um, vindication. Yeah, yeah when it, when he found his dad killed and he worked his way back to Wakanda, you're like, he's almost vindicated. Yeah, T'Challa didn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't his fault, but he did. Killmonger legit had uh, a legit. He had a legit yeah. gripe with with Wakanda and how they kind of function. Like I cry every time I, I I cry every time I see that movie, but especially when um, you know, after you know Killmonger takes the, the heart shaped rubber, he's talking to his dad in the apartment, and uh, you know Sterling was Sterling Brown, whatever his name is. Oh yeah, yeah. Every time he cries, I have to cry. Like I cannot cry when he's not when he's crying. It's an emotional <laughs> little moment, and there's actually like a part of me. Oh, well, I de- no, it wasn't even a part of me. That, like I definitely wanted to see him. Yeah. Live. Definitely. Like when he got stabbed, and he goes, you know, uh, I, I forgot what the quote was. He said, "I got." Bury me where his ancestors were because um, he, he knew he didn't want to live in bondage. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. It was a beautiful. Like it was a. It was a beautiful quote. Yeah. It was a fantastic quote, but it, it's like. I want to. I kind of want to see him live. Like this is like a, a, a touching moment between the right. two, uh, between T'Challa and Killmonger. So this is definitely something. Yeah, I, I wanted to see him live, uh, and like a perfect, like almost the perfect ending to right. the movie, uh, with the, with the way it panned out. But no, he's such a great villain. People were really excited. I was excited. Yeah, me too. I, I was excited to see the aggressive take he, you know, he had on the character. Yeah. Uh, like it, it was an original take. It made me forget he was Johnny Storm ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think a lot of people wanted to forget. Right. I definitely did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Moving on. Oh, here comes my number four. Okay. I think I peaked and I think I've seen him on your list. Uh, <laughs> before. Before this show. Uh, Dr. Octopus. No, he's not on my list. He's not on your list? No. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. Maybe, it, again, food coma. Uh, <laughs> Alfred Molina. I love yep. Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. And he was like one of those, he was one of those characters, like, I almost think he's like a RDJ, like, you can't cast another one. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, do, you, do you feel like that with with Molina at all? Yeah. Some people do. Especially after watching last night with my oldest daughter, we were watching it and she enjoyed it too as well. I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to recast it. Right. I would want to see him come back. He just, like, when the first time I laid my eyes on him, when they were doing the science experiment, and he yeah. invited Peter over to his apartment, and he was talking about poetry. I'm like, <laughs> he's the perfect yeah. guy to play Doc Ock. Like, I can't, I legit can't think of anybody off the top of my head who I'd want to play Doc Ock more than Alfred Molina to replies to reprise him. And Spider-Man 2 was a great movie. That's, <laughs> that was a really okay. good movie. Uh, 
you know, we all know how Spider-Man 3 turned out, but <laughs> Spider-Man 2 was great. The video game that came with it was great. Uh, I never played that. You never... Oh, man. It's worth it. It's, it's weird looking at it now because if you play the new Spider-Man... I haven't. Oh, boy. I'm an Xbox guy. I'm working on the PlayStation. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> go watch footage of the new Spider-Man game, and then go watch footage of Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 was like... I, I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. Graphics are never going to get better than this. <laughs> and then here I am, 16, 17, maybe 18 years later. <laughs> what 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 was I what, what was I so excited about? But it was really right. cool. Uh, yeah, Doc Ock is a great villain. Great villain. He was a he was actually the main villain in the newest Spider-Man game. Uh, for that came out for the PS4. Oh, he was. He was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. it was a really spoiler alert. <laughs> get with it. No, <laughs> right. No, it was a cool. No little, it was a great little twist, and uh, I like to see Doc Ock kind of portrayed in a good way. I, I, a very strong leadership type. Uh, did you ever play Spider-Man for the PS1? Of course not. Only Spider-Man game I play <laughs> is Spider-Man and X-Men for the sake of. Okay. All right. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> no, like, he, Doc Ock has kind of always been featured in the forefront. Yeah. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, uh, without a doubt. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to see more of him in live action. I appreciate Doc Ock more now in his superior Spider-Man running the yes. Oh, That was cool. Like, I came into comics, I, I seen that, I was like, uh, but then I actually read it, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is interesting. Yeah. I like this a lot. No, but uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my numero four. Number three. Oh my goodness, this this is one who personal forever has Western New York ties in the comics. I'm going Kilgrave, the Purple Man from Jessica Jones. Oh my god, I completely forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a good one. That is an awesome one. I did not expect that at all. And Jessica Jones. Um, talk about empathy for a character the moment where he's talking to her was in either in the either in the apartment or at the police station where he goes do you know what it's like I've never loved I never knew if a woman loved me for me or if they love me because of my powers do, yeah. do you know what it feels like for me and the trauma he went through as a kid and like his rationale and his, his mind like, I felt legit sad for him like crazy and also other stuff he would do too like to receive the police station you know? yeah her and uh, you know Patsy going to the police station and everybody all the cops have a gun to the head. Pivotal scene, like you can't unsee that. I, that was my personal. That, that was the best part of Jessica Jones, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Like Kilgrave was awesome. Yeah, awesome. That was a huge surprise for me and definitely a character that I wanted to see more of. I don't think he's, he's not coming back. No, he he, he ain't. He's gone. <laughs> he's a little gone right now. But uh, but yeah, it was kind of like. Uh, that that line you said about yeah. not knowing whether people love me because of my powers or because of me. Right. Uh, it was kind of reminded me like uh, like sympathetic for people who were just you know well off in life. Yeah. Does this person love me for my money or because True. of who I am? Absolutely. And it was kind of like a almost like a perfect alliteration for that. Uh, but yeah, what a yeah what a great character. I, I love the live action stuff because the the live action movies are actually really good about bringing like lower tier yeah. villains. To the forefront, like guys and who elevating don't, them too. Yep. Yeah, and elevate them, make them like. And I love look, looking back and like doing research. Did it with Kilgrave. Yeah, I did it with so many different MC, you know, MCU villains, Marvel's villains. Period. To go look back and see like what were their origins and how close was this to the to the, you know, the actual comic book version, and 
Purple Man was a good one. Yeah, that's how I found out Purple Man, like, um, something happened where his dad took a job in Niagara Falls or something like that. And um, he, spent, <laughs> he, he grew up here in the, in the falls, which is kind of cool. That's really neat, actually. But uh, the Purple Man, his influence after the fact, even after he's done in, like, in the second and third season where it'll flash purple or anything Jessica sees something purple she like gets the shakes and PTSD and it's yeah freaks her out unreal and that's that's a pretty good resonating factor uh, especially for someone who like I said probably won't be he definitely won't be back right. in a live action role so uh, just def- it definitely goes to show his impact alright uh, alright very good my number three I'm gonna go Loki I forgot about Loki for- <laughs> <laughs> I was on the fringe yeah. because I was like kind of a tweener mm-hmm. he's kind of a tweener now but he always has those uh those heelish tendencies he's like the eddie guerrero of the mcu right you <laughs> right. still love him but he's always going to do something bad and break your heart right. loki was one character who like i was just waiting for that like that ultimate baby face turn yeah. and we got it at the end of ragnarok and yep. it was like his swan song mm-hmm. and of course he died within the first five ten minutes of, of infinity war yep. um it was a perfect kind of ending to a structure, even though, of course, we're getting the, the Loki show, which I right. can't wait. That, that's going to be amazing. Now, needs to, Disney Plus needs to hurry up right. with some of these shows. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, like starting off, uh, never would have imagined how uber popular he would have became. Because the first Thor, I enjoyed it. I don't. There's not like superhero movies where I absolutely hate. The only one I really, really hate is like the newest Fantastic Four movie. But Thor was like lower... It wasn't one of the best MCU okay. movie yeah, films. Yeah, I agree. And Loki, but Loki was this great character, and he just kept coming back, and he's, you know, just phenomenal in the event, the first Avengers movie, and he's he comes back for Dark World, and you start to see a little bit of a, oh, yeah. you start to see a little bit of a good guy, a little bit of a good guy role, and I always love those characters who flip, who flip back and forth. Uh, they have their good guy tendencies. The heel face turns. Yeah, the heel face turns, <laughs> like Big Show, and yeah, just right. kind of turn it all the time. Uh, I, I really enjoy like fictional characters that flip the line it's like why are you you know what why do you do what what's your what's your logic with that and he's another one with a very sympathetic backstory in the mcu uh you know it's taken by odin from the the frost giants yep. didn't know his origin story and, and pretty much uh just kind of there he, he was promised teased the throne he wasn't promised right. he was teased the pos- possibility to have the throne and Definitely never gets less it. than you know than you know Thor and yeah. everybody else. So. And he had his own, like, uh, there was points where I'm just like, get him Loki, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and that's, that's how it felt for me. So, uh, yeah, Loki's my number three. Uh, I mean, he could have easily been a number one, but yeah. he's flipped. He, he's, I, I think he's great. Tom Hiddleston was a fantastic actor. And that's one person I can't see, you know, not see him as Loki. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, he can honestly have a nice long run with this. He'd be financially set just oh, yeah. doing Loki rules. Like- and actually, it really helped because after Loki, you know, him doing some Loki rules, you start seeing Tom Hiddleston in a lot more different different movies, True. right? Yep. The King Kong movie, and there's a couple other ones that he made appearances in. And To me, he's not as dynamic, though. Like, I'll see him in a movie, but I'm like, oh, who? Like, I look at him in a different movie like I've never seen him before. And <laughs> I see him in, in Thor. I'm like, oh, I know who he is once he puts the horns on. Yeah. I didn't pick Loki because um, to me he's he, he he's in all the films, so that's why to me I, I overexposed with Loki. Yeah, no, I, I I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. I hope he's in like um, Doctor Strange two in some some shape or form. Oh please, I'm so excited for that. That's a, that's what probably the 
most excited I am for a, of a new movie. If you get a chance, read the comic where he becomes Sorcerer Supreme from Doctor Strange. Okay. And um, it's 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 a great read, and you know he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and you know he's just doing things. It's it's, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I will definitely check that out. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to Doctor Strange. Uh, all right, number two, my man. Jumrow. <laughs> you guys aren't surprised. It's Thanos, number two. Okay. He didn't get the number one. He's he's the number two seed. Uh, <laughs> Only reason I didn't put him number one. At times, he sounded too much like Vader. His dialogue. Yeah. If you watch, watch Infinity War when he's talking to uh, was it? If, it had to be Infinity War. He's talking to Little Gamora. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When he's you know holding the you know the the little dagger, all things balance. You could you could just superimpose Vader over him and have like just Star Troopers in the background mowing everybody down. And to him, his dialogue sounded too much like Vader. Too Star Warsy to me. Um, I love him regardless, though. In um, Endgame, um, the lengths he was willing to go to to get what he wanted, you know, especially firing on his own minions and stuff like that. In the second one, and um, his his dialogue, his dialogue was crazy. And um, Thanos has always had great dialogue in any iteration, whether it's the comics. Yeah, the comics very well spoken, mm-hmm. just like a Magneto type. Just everything is like deep and philosophical, and, and yeah. there's a, there's always a, a he doesn't do anything without a purpose. Like there's. Yeah. A reason for yep. why he does everything. Even uh, in the Silver Surfer cartoon, you know, he he had, he had a great run in that, and um, I didn't think they could pull it off. When I first heard him doing Thanos, I mean, there's no way they could pull it off, but they put it off as best as anything. No, they did. They definitely did. Uh, I'm in agreement with you, actually. Mm-hmm. He's Thanos is my number two as ah, well. Wow. So, uh, so another ma- match there. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I was very happy with how they portrayed Thanos. Yeah. Again, instantly. I think we joked about it at the top of the show. <laughs> we felt we were like right. he wasn't wrong. Like there, he had the best intentions. And mm-hmm. sometimes the 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 hardest things to do are you know it's just things like that. Right. Like you got to make it sacrifices and this and that. He was tired of all the uh, <laughs> he tired of all the blood. You know he hated having to do the physical work of murdering right. people. So here I'll just turn him into dust. And then he had the greatest memes too, and uh, the whole. Uh What's his name? What's Ant Man's name? Paul Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. The whole thing, the whole uh, <laughs> crawling up his butt. You're right, yeah. That was, <laughs> I didn't think that was. I thought that was like an internet thing. No, that was like a real interview. He, he somebody asked him during the interview, and I hollered. I thought he it was joked. Hilarious. Yeah, Brolin did a. I remember <laughs> found him on Instagram, and he did a picture where he somebody took a picture of Josh Brolin crapping on the toilet, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, pooping on Ant Man or something like that." I'm like, "This is good. You're right. This is good stuff." <laughs> it would have been. It would have been hilarious if they pulled it out. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I, I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it, man. My my reason for him not being number one is because I felt like I, I didn't feel like I was dealing with well, you technically weren't, but I didn't feel like Thanos was that same like legend, legendary villain in Endgame that he was in Infinity War. I was more invested in Thanos in the Infinity War movie because it was mostly about him. Yeah. But Endgame, he felt like he was a part-time character, which he kind of was. It was more about the hero being right. himself, but. This wasn't the same Thanos, right? This wasn't the same Thanos that snapped his fingers. This is a, he's trying to get to that point, right? But he just didn't have that same vibe for me. Uh, so that's why he's my number two. Do you think he felt less powered in the second one? Because uh, the first one, he was just a savage. He's just mowing through everybody. Yeah, he, no, like no regard for anything. He didn't have that, you know. He didn't. He had. He had that edge in, in Endgame, but uh, he just wasn't as battle-hardened. Okay. I don't think like he was still like emotionally weird because yeah. of what he had gone through up to that point uh, but he it just didn't feel like I feel like we needed to 
he like his character needed to experience a few more years of everything going on. Gotcha. To kind of. Oh, okay. I see. What you, you know mean. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really hard to describe, but there was definitely a different vibe yeah. uh, to Thanos and Endgame than there was in Infinity War. Actually, well, Endgame had my favorite fighting moment of all time, which was the portal scene. Oh, I, oh yeah. I prefer in. Uh, I prefer Infinity War as a total movie over Endgame. Like, start to finish. I prefer Infinity War over Endgame. So. Yeah. I can't argue against that. Like, uh, especially how the, the way it ended. Like, There's a lot more urgency yeah, in the first yeah. one. There's a lot more yeah. urgency in Infinity War. I agree. So, um, but yeah, that's my number two. Number and, one. And I've, I'm ten toes down on number one. A lot of people yell at me for this, but I gotta go Kingpin. Daredevil Vincent D'Onofrio. All right, we tie it again. Oh, come on. <laughs> I swear to God. And that's not a bad thing. That right. is not a bad thing at all. Uh, I think it's a huge credit to yeah. that role. Oh, just. He brought Kingpin to real life. Like, especially when I visited New York City, going through Harlem and doing, going to certain places. Like, oh, wow. Like, this looks like legit. I could picture him riding down the street in a limousine and, like, coming out. And, yeah. Like, you know, um, his dialogue and, you know. I didn't think he was that. He looked bigger than what he is. I'm not sure how big he is, but yeah, because you see him in, in Daredevil, and then you go see Vincent D'Onofrio in Jurassic World, and yeah. it's like, <laughs> right, something's not matching up here. Something's not matching up. Like stature-wise, I'm like looking at him, but um, just all, all of the scene, dynamic scenes, whether it's him against you know Punisher, him against Daredevil, like I said, in season three, um, prolific. Like I would love to see him beating the crap out of Tom Holland. And a Spider-Man oh my movie. God! I hope that'd be unreal. I can only dream. I can only dream. Uh, yeah, I will never forget where I was the first time I laid my eyes on Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Mm-hmm. All right, we were in Disney. It was 2015. It was our last day at Disney World. We were getting ready. We're waking up. We we're gonna start driving home. And I was like, Oh shoot! Daredevil came out. <laughs> I gotta watch this. Yeah. Got some episodes in. I'm like, Okay, this Kingpin. He's he's all right. Right. And then it flipped. The, the, it was the Russian mobster. He bothered him and his, uh, his woman at the restaurant, and he smashed his head in the car door. Yes. I was like, what just happened? That's the reason why this show is not for kids. This is, that's a grown man, and he's not playing. <laughs> yeah. First, you're like, oh, King Penny, he's, he's whatever. And then he right. does that. And just, like, you have my attention now. Right. Uh, you have my attention now. Uh, so, so good. Like, that was the best Vincent D'Onofrio role I've ever seen in my life. I agree. The the fighting sequences were, were amazing. Like even the first one where where um I think he was I, I can't remember exactly how the show ended, but he was like going to jail and he escaped and then Daredevil hunted him down in like an yeah. alley and yep. that's when he debuted the costume. Yep. Uh everyone was freaking out when he got out of jail. They're like, Oh shoot, he's coming for us. And uh when Daredevil went after him and fought him, it was so good. Um you know, great contrast between him and Michael Clark Duncan. Like, I, honestly, I didn't like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin, but I understand what they're trying to do at the time. Right. And that Daredevil. And um, to me, there's no bad Marvel film for the record. It's like pizza. Even though it's bad, it's still good. You got the worst pizza, but it's still pizza. It's still good. I gotcha. Um, just two different characters, two different iterations of the character. Like, um, I liked how he humanized it, but I really liked how he he could be a real person in real life. <laughs> Very easily, yeah. He at least like a bi- he was like a bipolar dude, and then mm-hmm. he explored his childhood, which oh, is yeah. something that they've again. I've never known reading a comic. I've never known what right. Kingpin's childhood was like. And because uh, right, didn't he k- kill his dad? Yep. He ended up killing his dad, and it was a very yeah, just dark twist mm-hmm. and, and so cool. But like, the sympathy factor yeah. and that goes huge. Uh, you know him 
taking over the prison it was oh, yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. when Matt Murdock came in there to interview him question him and, and Kingpin beat the piss out of him and setting up the Punisher scene oh, yeah. that like that that Punisher jail cell scene I still rewatch and get oh, yeah. chills watching that's how good it is and I like about Kingpin he could turn off the force if he needed to he, he his finesse game was crazy like he yeah. did a lot of his stuff just by talking and he had like he's playing chess he had things lined up ahead of time and yes and he did a very good job. And then yep. we talked about with the when you mentioned Bullseye that yep. that last fight, and oh man, love it. I, I definitely do want to see more live action. I, I do want to see Tom Holland square off. It has brought a new popularity to the Kingpin character because mm-hmm. Kingpin was relevant hugely during right. the animated series. Mm-hmm. Kind of fizzled out, and then he started coming back. You see, Anafrio plays him in Daredevil, and yep. then. Uh, I know you're an Xbox guy, but Kingpin was like the first <laughs> villain in the new Spider-Man game, okay. and he actually played a very heavy theme throughout, cool. uh, which is really neat. So, uh, yeah, he was funny into the Spider-Verse too. He looked a little yeah, he a little goofy, goofy yeah. but he's still like yeah. I mean, I honestly don't still think good. if Anafrio made him popular, I don't think Kingpin's the main villain of that movie. I don't think he is. So, uh, but yeah. We got through it. Awesome. All right. We just made a list. <laughs> you just made the list. We just made the list. <laughs> no, without a doubt. Right. Gary, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate, I appreciate you. you coming out, taking the time to uh, sit and talk because this was nice. I feel like, like I said, we've been Facebook friends for yeah. years, and I now I feel like I know you on a little bit of a more personal level. Same here, likewise. So it, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's good to put a, a voice and a face to the... The Facebook picture, yeah, if that makes I sense. Agree. Oh, yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and um, be in some of your content and um, keep working. Uh, you do some quality work. You and all your team, you guys do great stuff. Thank you, buddy. Uh, just be, be be prepared to quit your day job and um, you know get rich and famous. So be prepared. I, I it's, can't it's, wait. It's coming. To, I can't wait to quit my day job. You have no idea. You have no idea. It really means a lot, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's coming. Thank Definitely. you. Uh, but with that, our pseudo road trip is all over. Next week, I'm not sure what we're gonna have put a list together for yet. I got a couple a uh, couple guests lined up sparingly, um, so we'll we'll see what we uh, we'll see what we end up doing. But uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you everybody. Appreciate th- it. Thank you. And in closing, do you even list? <laughs> hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. You hear any new podcasts lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Like what? Retro Blist. You had that ready to go. Like, almost like you knew I was going to ask you this. I sort of kind of did. It was like an ESP feeling. What's Retro Blist? Retro Blist is a retro video game podcast presented by Johnny and Trevor where they talk about everything from retro gaming, retro consoles. They each week review a different video game that they have played. Uh, majority of the time it is retro, like on the actual console itself, from Sega Dreamcast to Super Nintendos to... Um, I think they recently started playing on a Nintendo Switch. Where can I find this podcast? Uh, you can find it at bicbp radiocom Sweet.